Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, GopherGuy05. Trying to decide whether I'm going to enter the transfer portal or not tonight. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. I am actually entering the transfer portal. I will be transferring uh, to the USC SB Nation site um, to follow Lincoln Riley. So that's, this will be my last uh, Sky U uh, Podcast. I, I, I just want to be clear, uh, Andy, you are aware that uh, Southeastern Maine does not have an SB Nation site. Uh, well, I have not ruled out that I will not return to the Daily Gopher, but I am thinking about entering the portal. Yeah, that, that's the thing about the portals. You can go in, but you can always come back out, too. So, I mean, it's not a one-way trip. I, 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 I just want to put that out as a public statement, and I want you two to both write a public statement saying how much you'd like to still have me stay with the Daily Gopher. Oh, so Chris and I are the, are the AD and the president writing the statement uh, saying, you know, we're, we're, we have a proud tradition of Daily Gopher. We support Andy and everything he does, um, but we would love to retain him. So, yeah, we'll, we can get cracking on that. I want to be clear. It feels more like this is a, a transfer vanishing cabinet. Uh for all the Harry Potter fans out there, <laughs> less of a portal, more of a vanishing cabinet. But uh, okay, transfer portal. Kai Thomas, we hardly knew ye. Uh, I don't. I mean, I have no idea what this is going to mean. I'm not stressed out about it because what the hell am I supposed to like? We have no evidence to say this is bad or good. I mean, less depth, I guess, is inherently not as good as more depth, but. I don't know. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of interested in y'all's read on this one. Uh, Blake, what's your general take on what this means for the running backs room next season? I mean, I'm bummed about it. I, I think Kai's a good player. I think he had a good season. Um, he really, I think he really hit his stride down the stretch and, you know, I, I think it just, it sucks anytime a good player goes elsewhere. We barely, I mean, we had basically one season of him. Um, so that, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Um, and then he's going into next season, you know, I think people, are excited that you know Mo's coming back, Potts is coming back. They, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about how loaded this running back room is going to be. Um, I'm not sure I share their optimism. Um, you know, Mo's coming back from a torn Achilles tendon. That's a very difficult injury for an athlete to come back from and be um, at the form he was before the injury. I mean, with Potts too, that's you know a non-football related ailment. Um, we really don't know much about, um, and it's an open question whether he'd be cleared to play next season or not. Um, so you take away those two and you've got, obviously Bucky Irving, love Bucky. Um, I think he had a really good year. Um, I think Kai kind of settled in a little bit more towards the end. I think he's obviously had more time in the weight room than Bucky has. Bucky had a couple, you know, shoestring tackles that could have been ended up as long touchdowns. And hopefully after a year in the weight room, um, we'll get those longer touchdowns, but I thought he had a solid year. Um, then you've got Bryce Williams coming back from an ankle injury. Um, and Zach Evans coming in this spring uh, as a true freshman. So to me, that's kind of a precariously thin running back room, especially um, with what we just saw this season with, you know, how easily depth can be erased. I mean, they were literally down to their last shreds with, they even had to move Derek LeCaptain from linebacker to running back to kind of fill the gaps there. So um, overall, I'm, I'm bummed, you know, I wish him the best. Um wish Kaito would have stayed, but, um, you know, reading the tea leaves seems like he thought he proved himself as a, as a power five feature back this year. And 
maybe didn't see it, the clearest path to being in the future back for Minnesota next year and the immediate future um, with the guys coming back. So he's going to try his luck elsewhere. And that's, that's kind of the reality of the transfer portal is it, it gives guys an opportunity to find a better opportunity in their eyes. So can't fault him for that. Andy, you know, uh, short of uh, him moving to a, a, a Big Ten opponent, I mean, I, I can certainly find this disappointing, but it doesn't really bother me that much. How are how are you feeling about it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's he, he obviously wants to be the bell cow, and you know, he probably wasn't going to be the the true number one. You know, taking seventy five percent of the carries guy at Minnesota, he always was going to split at bare minimum with Bucky, but especially next year, let's hopefully split with Mo, and and then we the Trey Pot situation. I mean. It is what it is. It, it it's unfortunate. I mean, I think he we all thought he had great talent. It'd be great to have him in, but yeah, um, you know he's he's going to go try and find himself someplace where he can be number one. It, un, unironically, uh, his number one offer after entering the portal came from Mike Sanford in, in Colorado uh, yesterday, and and you know that that would make a lot of sense. He, he obviously already will know the offense that's going to be running, and he already. Um, it, good ties with the coordinator and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. You know, he's, he's put in a few other offers. Um, Purdue so far is the only Big Ten team that's offered, um, which uh, that would be a little unfortunate if he ends up at Purdue. Um, but, yeah, so we'll just have to see. Uh, obviously, you know, um, the biggest thing we can hope for right now is that, is that Mo Ibrahim and Trey Potts can both come back as close to their early 2021 health status and, and talent status as possible. As, as Blake said, I mean, that's asking a lot. Um, we, we still have no official word what, what Trey's injury was. You know, um, it sounded like he might not be necessarily cleared. Now it's sounding like maybe things are trending more in a positive way, but he's still got to go out and for spring practice if he does get cleared and prove that he can take the punishment. And we have no idea how that's going to go. Um, with Mo, like we said, you know, uh, you hope he can come back. Um, you know, he, he wasn't that type of shifty speed back that would be the most affected by by an Achilles tear he always you know used his vision and, and used his his blocking to to his benefit but I mean he's still a running back and and even coming back at 90 percent of of what he was a year ago um is is going to be a significant up enough drop off that you know you're not going to see a all-american back here you can still see a, a good serviceable back but he's not going to be a potential all-american so um all we can do is wait and see, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if if PJ Fleck looks towards the portal for just a depth back. I know he's expecting uh, Preston Jellin, who uh, sort of played some spot duty in in 2020, getting him back. He also tore his ACL uh, early in the season last year and never never appeared in the games. So um, I know he's expecting a little bit more depth back, but yeah, I mean. All it takes is is one injury in spring ball or one injury in training or one injury in fall camp, and suddenly we're looking at a really, really, really shallow running back room again. So um, you can't fault the kid for, for trying to make a decision to, to benefit himself, but it, it does put uh, put the Gophers in a little bit more of a spot, that's for sure. Well, the, the transfer portal, we, we've been talking about how it, has uh, taken away from the team. It's also 
given back uh, twofold so far. Uh, we've seen uh, Lorenza Sergers, I think maybe that's how it's pronounced, <laughs> uh, defensive end from Vanderbilt, and Quinn Carroll, offensive uh, tackle from uh, Notre Dame, uh, local product out of the uh, the Metro, who was a, a huge uh, opportunity and I think a, not a huge miss because I, I don't call people choosing Notre Dame over Minnesota being a huge miss on Minnesota's part. But uh, certainly uh, a very big get to have the local guy come back as part of the transfer portal with three years of eligibility remaining, no less. Um, I know nothing about this defensive end from Vandermilt. And Quinn Carroll, uh, I, I got to say, you know, I'm certainly excited to see what, uh, what they're able to do with him um, slotting in to fill some of the holes uh, on the offensive line given all the uh, graduation and movement to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, Serkers, yeah, I think he last year with, with Vanderbilt had um, something like 17 tackles, uh, one and a half tackles for loss, one sack, played in 12 games for the Commodores. You know, not um, electrifying numbers by any means. So, And coming out of high school, he was a two-star recruit, only had offers to Vanderbilt and uh, Connecticut. So, um, yeah, I, I can understand if people wouldn't be that excited about it. It seems more like kind of a depth addition or, I mean, we just got to trust in – Defensive line coach Chad Wilt at this point. I mean, after this season, I'm inclined to do so. But uh, I think he'll be one that um, will compete for snaps at um, defensive end with, you know, Jay Jordan and Jalen Logan Redding. I think both those guys are ready for an increased role, If I mean, even be a starter too. So it'll be interesting to see how the, how they split the the snaps next year. Usually they only they give two guys the bulk of the snaps at each end position. Um, so we'll see who comes out on top there. And obviously on the other side, you've got Thomas Rush starting at rush end. So, um, so yeah, nice, just a nice piece uh, for the defense next year. You know, you can never have too much experience. Um, but then obviously Quinn Carroll, um, that's huge, you know, pun intended. That's a big get for Minnesota. Obviously they're losing four stars on the offensive line next year, both tackles, both guards. I expect I know Carroll kind of bounced between tackle and guard at Notre Dame, never really nailed down a starting spot, but I expect he'll come in right away and compete for a starting spot at either tackle position. I think the starters we penciled in were Arianti Ursary at left tackle and JJ Guiday at right tackle. I'm not sure where Carroll will uh, primarily compete, but I mean, he'll, he'll be in there. I mean, that's, he's, you know, former top rated recruit, in Minnesota, four-star guy. Um, Obviously, that's the guy you'd love to have in the competition there. So that's that's an exciting get for Minnesota. And you know, I know they're they're probably not done in the transfer portal yet, but uh, you know, I always love seeing uh, the homegrown guys come home. You can always go home. I hope they're not done. I just whipped up a, a really sweet new transfer. We got a, somebody out of the transfer portal. I'll mention. I'm excited for it to make an appearance on whoever comes next. Uh, just just you know, previewing that awesomeness. Uh, Andy, your thoughts on, on the additions? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll just have to see whether the uh, the, the end is more of a Val Martin or whether it's more of a Niles Pickney, um, and only time will tell on that one. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, Quinn Carroll is, is the big thing. I mean, it he was the number one recruit in the state of Minnesota in, in 2019, um, you know, and admittedly, you know, you never can tell whether it was lip service or whether, but he actually seemed to be, you know, giving Minnesota at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt against Notre Dame, obviously pick Notre Dame. <coughs> um, but of course, his dad is a uh, Gopher alum. Now, now Quinn's going to join his dad in that club. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, just it gives Minnesota another really talented person on that line. And, you know, it was looking like a, a questionable line. Yeah, there's still a lot of questions, but all of a sudden you plug him in and you've got, you know, between JMS and, and Axel Rushmeyer, who's played quality snaps and, um, you know, add, add Carroll in there. And, and all of a sudden, you know, that line's not looking so much like the potential liability as it did, you know, a month ago. So, um, it, it's only a good thing, like you said, to get, to get Minnesota star players to want to come back home. You know, it's, it, it, it's a whole new age of, if, you know, you, you can't really feel like the, the second choice and they're, and they're trying to realize they made a mistake and come back. But, uh, that, that's the type of, uh, you know, transfer portal environment we're in right now. So let it come back. And if, if Carol adds a great uh, couple of seasons at Minnesota and then spurs other former Minnesota top recruits who decided they were going to try and go elsewhere to change their minds and come back, well, so be it. We'll take it. I think, you know, Blake did a really nice job of putting together some uh, end-of-season posts uh, for the 2021 season uh, on the blog. You should definitely be checking them out. You know, from within the roundtable uh, post, it definitely feels like a, a solid B seems to be the the grade uh, that most folks, both within the, the, the writing staff and in the common uh, in the comments in the community would would give this season. You know, some people are, are able to, I think, let the Bowling Green and Illinois loss go a little better, um, and that's where you get kind of a an A minus kind of grade. But B seemed to be the the hard the hard favorite for the for the grading. I think what I'm interested in is, uh, you know, what what uh, how do you close out in your mind this season? Uh, is it is it something where the the bowl game is the end of it? Uh, do you look at how the transfer portal is? Does that influence how you feel about the end of the season? Like, I, I'm I've with the weirdness of having a December signing date before a bowl game. It's always kind of weird to me to think about how do things like this and the transfer portal wrap into how you feel about a season and when a season ends. I don't know. For me, it's always the bowl game. I mean, if it's a year that where it ends with the bowl game. Um... You know, obviously last year they didn't, but, um, and this year too, I mean, like, I mean, obviously we weren't thrilled with the guaranteed rate bowl, but you know, football's football. It's, it's, you know, you're, we're going to watch regardless of who they're going to play. Um, but yeah, for me, the season just kind of wraps up after the bowl game, you know, on the site alone, like we'll spend the first couple weeks or two after that bowl game, breaking down that game, talking about the season as a whole. That's where I kind of put it to bed after that. Um, just give our piece. But yeah, for me, it just comes down to like once the last game's played, the last game's played and that's it for me. Andy, how about for you? Does that kind of hold true for you as well? Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess for me, I, I, I I sort of see the, the bowl game as sort of being the transition between, you know, um, 2021 and 2022, obviously the, the, you know, you've got the transfer portal and you're still trying to get some, some recruits, some high school recruits in at the, uh, at the February signing date. But, you know, it sort of feels to me like, uh, after the bowl game that sign off, Hey, great season. You know, we're talking about seniors transferring or moving on, um, you know, talking about starting to take a look at, you know, who, do, who do we think is going to fill holes in next year's roster, things like that. So that seems like the natural transition to me. And, you know, we're, we're ready to, you know, put the 2021 season to bed and uh, in a pretty good way. And now we're trying to, you know, 
we'll have a few weeks of excitement here before we get into a bit of a lull before spring practice and then obviously the summer. So, um, Whoa, you know, whoa, whoa. It, NFL draft. We may actually have an offensive lineman drafted in the first round. Let's not well, let's uh, not skip over the NFL draft. That's true. I mean it I mean and just like just like the NFL is becoming a, a twelve month a year thing, college football between the transfer portals and between things like that is we're not quite up to twelve months, but you know, we'll have football content on the blog nine out of nine out of twelve months now, which I mean it used to be September to December, and then everybody checked out. So uh, it's it's definitely becoming a, a much more of a closer to a, a year-round thing around here too. So, um, and and that's good. You know, obviously that seems to be what draws the most eyes. Uh, not only just our blog, but pretty much around the universe. Football is still king in 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 the U.S. right now, and um, you know, with other winter sports teams that will be having good seasons but i mean they're not going to be blowing the doors off of things here probably over the next few months it's 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 nice to still have positivity in your football program to be able to draw back to every so often uh yes positivity what is that um no but this is almost i i almost want to (laughs) transition directly to basketball which has also benefited from some feelings of positivity uh to to start the year but before we get there uh, looking ahead to 2022, what's the number one question mark and the number one exciting thing that each of you is looking at uh, right now? So I'll, I'll go right back to Andy. I mean, I think for me, it's it's got to be, you know, and, and Quinn Carroll fills one hole in that, but it's got to be the offensive line. Uh, you can't take that much experience and that much depth and switch out players without there being some type of of drop off in talent you just can't and especially with um you know our running game uh, you know hopefully it continuing to be as successful as it was this year but a lot of that became because of the minnesota offensive line so uh, i think that's the biggest question is can they get themselves by the time the season starts september 1st into uh into a a group that can you know still manhandle some of the some of the better defensive lines in the big 10 they don't have to be that perfect early in september obviously uh but they i mean it is a reminder that the iowa game is earlier this year the iowa game is is week four this year so you do actually kind of have to be ready that early uh in 2022 um but so i think that's the biggest thing the and the biggest thing i'm looking forward to is is i think um, I, I'll be looking forward to seeing how Kirk Schrock can come back in and, and reshape this offense. I mean, I think we've got a decent amount of uh, offensive firepower coming back. Uh, Tanner Morgan, uh, obviously Chris Ottman bell and, and if, if Wright can stay healthy, Daniel Jackson can take another step forward. We've got, you know, we've got decent playmakers along with obviously Bucky Irving and, and whatever condition uh, Mo and Trey might be in. So I do think we've got some playmakers, and if we can get a, you know, a, I'm not expecting 2019 Redux. We don't have that type of talent coming back. But um, if, if you can get that type of, uh, you know, that type of offense, that type of high-octane offense going, and we can get our playmakers to make some plays, this could be a fun team to watch on the offensive side of the ball next year. Blake, uh, biggest fear, biggest excitement? Definitely, as Andy pointed out, the, the trenches is tough. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at why Minnesota played so well, whether in every game, well, pretty much every game this year, it was in the trenches, both on offense and defense. You know, this is one of the first times in a long time we thought 
Minnesota outplayed Iowa in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and they outplayed Wisconsin on the trenches on both sides of the ball. And they lose a lot of guys from both sides of the ball, and that's 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 tough to replace that that talent and experience. I mean, they've certainly got talented guys, but just not a lot of game experience with some of those guys that will be coming up and playing more significant roles on on the line. So um, that that is my biggest concern because I think in the Big Ten especially, like that's that's where it all starts is on the is up front on the lines. If you can win battles there. I think it's got a domino effect uh, at every other level on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I really – my biggest concern is, yeah, the offensive and defensive lines. And I think they've got two pretty good assistant coaches there, you know, Brian Callahan on offense and Chad Wilt on defense. And hopefully they're both sticking around for another season. Um, so I'm optimistic that um, they can reload, not necessarily rebuild. So um, that would be my biggest concern. As for what I'm excited for, um, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm such a pessimist. What am I excited for? I do think, you know, having Kirk Schrocker back is exciting. Um, I, you know, I, I really like Tanner Morgan, you know, but he's been frustrating at times. I'll admit, um, you know, I don't think he's without his flaws, but, um, I really hope he has a chance to go out on top with a good year. Um, I'm not certainly not expecting him to be, you know, record breaking single season records, uh, quarterback of 2019. But, um, I just, yeah, I just want to see him go out on top, have a good season, have a strong year. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's really all I want next year. And I'm, I'm hopeful that having Shiraka back with him and, you know, having some good weapons at wide receiver um, and hopefully the offensive line gels and comes together. Um, and yeah, all, the thing, all the pieces can kind of fall into place for a strong uh, final year of maroon and gold for Tanner Morgan. I have one word for you. Stickers. You need stickers from Homefield Apparel. I have recently purchased uh, basically their entire supply, or at least their entire line of stickers. There's a fantastic Tulane Green Wave. They now have a Slippery Rock University, Rocky the Rock, in some sort of fur coat with a pennant. Go to homefieldapparel.com to check it out. You're going to love these stickers. And of course, there's all the comfortable, fantastic apparel. I also gave some of that for Christmas to my family. And uh, if you want to ring in the new year with some comfortable sweatshirts, homefieldapparel.com is the place to go. Make sure to use code DAILYGOPHER at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's homefieldapparel.com, code DAILYGOPHER. Well, when it comes to pieces falling into the places, the Gophers did not have uh, everything put together in a, in a place to, to beat Illinois tonight, uh, this podcast being recorded on Tuesday night. Uh, but then again, a loss to Illinois is something that I think should be just basically assumed right now. And, you know, even though that they, the Gophers lost by 20-ish, 23, um, I, I don't have it right offhand. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a real negative sign, but this is coming from somebody who's offering this lead and having watched zero seconds of that game tonight. Uh, Andy, what were your takeaways from the lost Illinois? Yeah, I, di- I didn't admittedly watch much of it either, uh, but I mean, we, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, Kofi Cockburn absolutely destroyed the middle of the Gophers lineup because, well, 
other than Eric Curry, there is no middle of the Gophers lineup. And Kofi Cockburn <laughs> and he's has. And he's Kofi Cockburn. I was going to say, and Kofi Cockburn has destroyed Eric Curry on multiple other occasions. I mean, um, and, and he did pretty much whatever he wanted to do, uh, and that's not that's not a surprise. And, and when Minnesota couldn't shoot the ball, I think Peyton Willis didn't have a point till about eight minutes left in the game. Uh, that That's not going to win you any basketball games. You know, Gophers went on a little run and, and cut it to cut the lead down to seven or eight late in the first half and then Illinois went on a little mini run again to push it back to 11 at halftime um and then pretty much just took control right out of the gate in the second half so I mean we we knew this was going to happen I mean the the Michigan win was nice it's great to get a big big 10 road Michigan's now lost two more games since then in a row they lost to Central Florida and then they lost tonight to Rutgers so um I think you know by the time we get around to the end of the year that's still going to be a nice win for Minnesota, but I don't think it's going to be as as good as it was, say, you know, a month ago. Um, but yeah, it's this this team's going to have growing pains, and they're going to have games like this. And if this team, you know, it's the same thing goes for the women's team. If they can't shoot the ball, if they're not shooting probably close to 45 percent from behind the arc, they're not going to win many games. And so. Um, all you can do is, is regroup and, and try and get things figured out and, and try again here uh, this weekend uh, when you head to Indiana on Sunday. Um, that game obviously won't be easy either. I mean, the, the Gophers have a brutal schedule. they got Michigan State and Iowa coming up. Finally, it gets maybe slightly easier when you go to Penn State in a week and a half. But, um, you know, we I think we got a little jaded and a little excited by the way they played in the non-conference, but uh, we're back to big boy basketball now, and and you're just going to see the uh, the talent level ramp up significantly uh, in, in our opponents, and so um, you know everybody still should be happy. Ben Johnson's done a great job shaping, getting the Gophers to where they need to be, but uh, it's it's not going to be an easy task night in night out in the Big Ten. That's for sure. All right, hockey. Uh, we are just kind of on the verge of, of it all kind of starting back up. Obviously, the Gophers played St. Thomas uh, this in an exhibition this past weekend uh, and came away with you know an easy win there, as one would expect. But, Andy, can you walk us – well, first of all, Andy had some great thoughts already shared on the blog, so give that a look. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts for the men and women uh, as they're coming back? And – I'm interested in as many thoughts as you've got for them and that don't involve being gutted by the Olympics. Uh, we'll get to that next. Yeah, I mean, the, the men, uh, they they picked things up with a couple exhibition games, got a win uh, at, at Doug Wu Arena in South St. Paul over St. Thomas, the first two first time those two teams had faced off. Uh, and then the Gophers played the uh, U.S. Under-18 team Monday night back at 3M and, and got a and got a win there too. So uh, it was nice to see some things clicking on offense. Uh, they scored, I think, five goals in, in both games. Um, Justin Close got the act in that Jack LaFontaine basically getting the rest because he's going to jump back into action this weekend when the Gophers head out to Michigan State uh, and probably not sit out much, if all, the rest of the season. Um, the Gophers don't have any, any margin for issues, errors, uh, rest, anything like that. They play eight consecutive weeks starting this weekend, uh, seven of those being Big Ten weekends, uh, the weekend after next uh, being the rescheduled uh, series at home against Alaska that was supposed to be the opener of the year that got postponed due to to the Nanooks having COVID. Um, 
But as, as we've seen already, um, COVID postponements are going to be something we're going to have to watch for the next two months. Uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State already were supposed to play this weekend, and it's off because the Badgers have COVID issues. So there is no room for makeups. There are no bye weekends for Minnesota. So if, if games get postponed, you're either going to have to try and make those up middle of the week or they're just not getting it made up. Um, so that's going to be something to watch. Uh, like I said, Jack LaFontaine, he, he is he is the Gophers goalie. He's going to be playing the rest of the season. So can he find his 2020-2021 form rather than struggling like he did the first part of the season? That's going to go a long way to determining whether the Gophers can compete at the top of the Big Ten the rest of the way uh, and get a decent NCAA tournament seed. Um you know, right now the the offense seems to be relatively spread out. They were hoping for a little bit better uh, impact from the from the freshman class. Uh, Matthew Nyes is really impressed. Um, you know, but they're they're still lacking a little bit from from Chaz Lucius and some of the other uh, freshmen and, and and Grant Krukshank, the Colorado College transfer. Both Lucius and Krukshank have been battling injuries, so that's one thing that's sort of slowed them down a bit, but uh, I'm sure Minnesota would like to get a little bit more offensive prowess from both those guys as we enter the second half of the season. Uh, like we said, you know, Big Ten season is is almost half over. The Gophers sit in second place just behind Michigan, so uh, it's definitely there for the taking. They just need to live up to their expectations that were put on them early in the season and, and go take care of business. Well, that's, you know, I think the best transition because mo- both uh, Michigan and Minnesota are potentially facing significant impacts uh, if uh, the choices for the uh, U.S. Olympics t- Olympic team, uh, you know, involve pulling heavily from the college ranks. The NHL has uh, decided due to COVID and uh, wanting to basically keep making money, not to uh, have any uh, players currently in the NHL go out to, to uh, perform and play for their national teams. Uh, and that means those players got to come from somewhere. And since they're not coming out of the ECHL, uh, you're looking at um, players who are in Europe, players who are in the KHL, uh, but uh, most importantly, players who are currently on a college roster. And I'm just interested in in how bad you think this could get for Minnesota, but also for other teams around the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, uh, the room, nobody really officially knows. Uh, you know, basically, once the NHL officially pulled out two weeks ago, uh, things got automatically reset. And, and there's been lots of speculation of, you know, is, is the roster going to be all college players, half college players, just a couple college players filling in between, uh, you know, mostly pros who are playing over in Europe. Um, and and the, the short answer is nobody really knows. Um, you know, it's, it, it's looked and sounded from some people who, who have at least talked to people that it might be more like half college players right now. Uh, but Minnesota has at least a couple uh, potential players who might be takes on that team. Uh, Brock Faber being the, the number one favorite, uh, the defenseman, second-round pick of the L.A. Kings, his sophomore season. He was going to be an assistant captain on the U.S. World Junior team uh, after that tournament got canceled due to COVID issues. Um, so Faber definitely would be one potential person to go. Uh, Ryan Johnson, another, uh, he was a first round draft pick of the Buffalo Sabres two years ago. His name's been thrown about. Uh, and then a couple of forwards, uh, Ben Myers, who's one of the captains of the Gophers has been having a great season, uh, 
you know, one of the best scorers in, in the NCAA so far this year. Uh, he's been rumored as a possibility. And then, then Matthew Nyes, the freshman who's got that sort of prototypical power forward type body. Uh, he's obviously still raw. He was going to be on the U.S. World Junior team as well. Um, he, he's a, a second round pick of, of Toronto and, uh, you know, has got that prototypical size of obviously the Olympics when you're playing against men. I mean, Russia's got to be the favorite because they have most of their players playing in the KHL. You're going to be playing 27, 28, 29 year olds over there in, in Beijing. And so you'd like to get some size and toughness. So, um, those are the names at least been bantered about that I've seen online for Minnesota. Could be one, could be four, could be two. We don't know. We'll find out, you know, a couple couple days here. Uh, but Bob Motzko did have uh, an article, a quote in the paper basically saying he's told USA Hockey that all his guys are available, that, you know, what any any of his guys, if they want to represent the country or the, his country, they should go. Um, so I do think Minnesota will lose at least one or two players. Um, and that's going to shake up the Big Ten race. Uh, as we said, Michigan uh, just saw a report before we were recording this that Team Canada is looking at Owen Power, who was the number one draft pick in the NHL last year, uh, star defenseman for Michigan, uh, that he's probably going to be selected to play for Team Canada. Uh, Michigan also has several high USA prospects. Matty Beniers, who was the number two pick in the draft last year, uh, Thomas Bordalo, both uh, easily could be selected to Team USA. So you could be looking at a situation where Minnesota and Michigan are both missing three or four of their top players for the entire month of February. Uh, good luck winning the Big Ten if that happens. So I think Ohio State and Notre Dame have got to be sitting there going, holy crap, we just had a, we just, you know, the chance to win the league just blew up right in front of our faces potentially. Um, you know, and, and, and it's frustrating because obviously nobody was planning on college players going even a month ago. But with the, with the NHL pulling out, um, you know, these college players basically have to choose between potentially winning a conference title and getting them teams in, in NCAA tournament platforms or going to play for their country in the Olympics. And, and you can't fault them for it. Um, it's just, you know, again, some of the other COVID politics right now. China has a ridiculously strict COVID quarantine policy, and they're, unless a deal gets reached, that's going to ha- be in effect for all athletes coming over for the Olympics. Basically, if, if you somehow test positive for COVID in China, you ain't getting out of that country anytime soon. So, I mean, these players, best case scenario, you lose them for probably the entire month of February. Maybe you get them back uh, if, if, you know, the, the medal rounds take place the weekend before the regular season finale against Wisconsin. So maybe you get them back for the last week of the regular season. But if they have to be COVID quarantined, they're probably gone for the rest of the season, postseason, you name it. So it's going to it's going to make a huge effect on on the rest of the Big 10 season on on the NCAA tournament and I mean I imagine it's still got to be a little guilt-wrecking if the Gophers lose their three best players uh you know they're they're going to have to rely on who's left they've got some decent depth but I mean it, unless they can go you know play 700 hockey down the stretch missing their three best players they easily could slip out of NCAA tournament contention, and you could go from a team that had, you know, the potentials back in September, October as a potential winner to not even make the tournament at all. So uh, that's definitely something that will be talked about greatly here in the next few weeks once uh, once they actually announce who's going to be headed to Beijing for Team USA. 
And then for the women, I know that there were a number of former Gophers who were a part of the team. I can't remember how many current Gophers made the women's Olympic roster. What's the impact on the 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 women uh, and the rest of the the WCHA uh, picture when it comes to the the Olympics? Yeah. So the uh, the official women's roster was announced on uh, New Year's Day at the Winter Classic. Uh, Six Gopher alums and two current Gophers will be playing for Team USA over in Beijing. Uh, the two current Gophers haven't played with them all season. They basically, the, the women's team basically formed a little uh, bubble, and they've been practicing all year long up at the uh, up at the National Sports Center up in Blaine. So uh, Abby Murphy and Grace Zumwinkle, the two current Gophers who uh, did make the U.S. team, they are just taking redshirt years. They won't participate at all. Um but it will be nice to watch them participate in the Olympics. Uh, the, the Gopher team that's left, uh, they uh, are currently still ranked fifth in the country. Uh, they reopen play this weekend with a home-and-home home against St. Thomas, the first two times that uh, the Minnesota and St. Thomas will play in women's hockey, and, and obviously it counts as St. Thomas is in the WCHA. Um, so they're, they're still trying to compete for the WCHA crown with Wisconsin and Ohio State. Uh, it'll be interesting to see a couple of the final cuts who did not make Team USA were Badger players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they continue to just take their redshirt year or if they decide to rejoin the Badgers for the uh, second half of their season using up a year of eligibility. Um, if they do so, I mean, Wisconsin was already probably the NCAA favorite, but if they get two people who are in, in Olympic camp back, uh, they obviously become the number one favorite to, to win the title this year. So, um, you know, hopefully the, the Gophers can get back in the swing of things and, and you know, with the uh, with the expansion of the NCAA tournament, Minnesota, barring an epic collapse, is, is safely in the tournament. They uh, they just need to be able to get hot, and we've seen them beat Wisconsin in Madison, so we know they can they can beat anybody on any given game. They just need to uh, show up when when the time is right and and play up to their potential. It is time to ask Blake a hockey question. Blake, are you ready? Yeah, as ready as, as I'll ever be. All right. Uh, I what I need from you, Blake, is I need you to tell me what year, what was the last time the U.S. men's national team medaled in hockey? Which Olympics? Which Olympics? The, they so yeah the most the most recent medal. Hmm. I'll give you a hint. It's not. It's 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 more recent than 1998. So between now and ni- 1998. 1998. One of the, uh, and if you, uh, so the, here's here's your years. So you don't have to do math in your head. Okay. You have 2002 in Salt Lake City, 2006 in Turin, 2010 in Vancouver, 2014 in Sochi, 2018 in Pyeongchang. I'll go 2014. You're close. They were in the bronze medal game, but they lost and took fourth. No! 20, 2010. 2010 in Vancouver, they took silver. Damn it. Well, they were in the, uh, we a, they're in have, the game. They're in the game. We have a second round. Because damn, you, a, damn you, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> we've got, I'm going to ask you uh, a question related to the women's national, women's national team. Oh, God. Uh, have they ever gotten a bronze or or have they always gotten silver or gold 
Can I ask how many years they've medaled? Do you know that offhand? They've literally medaled in every Olympics they've been in. I think for sure they've got a bronze then. Okay. Uh, the answer is yes. The, the yes. women's uh, hockey was first played in 98 in Nagano. Uh, but uh, the only silver medal was in 2006 in Turin. They gold medaled in 98, silver in 02, bronze in 06, silver in 10, silver in 14 with a gold at the last Olympics. So uh, that, that is the s- strong success that the women have had uh, in, in uh, Olympic hockey. Blake, you're getting a little better every time, my friend. It's just uh, by osmosis. That's what I chalk it up to. <laughs> it's not coming from me, I'll <laughs> assure you. <laughs> All right. Well, friends, uh, you know, stay, continue to stay safe out there. The COVID wave continues. You can see it hitting sports teams all over the place don't let it hit you as well go out there get your booster make sure to uh to you know keep wearing your mask and doing all those good things we want all of you to give us those lovely lovely clicks and you know be healthy generally in the meantime go gophers sky you ma row the boat